0: Good morning guys. Hello. Welcome back to or welcome to the How's Your Heart podcast. My name is Jess. If we have not met before, it's so nice to be in your ears today and to be sharing this little time with you. This episode is kind of just going to be a chill one and I really hope that it gives you a little bit of time and space today, wherever you are in the world, whatever time of day it is, to just let your mind rest for a sec um, whenever I listen to podcasts. It's usually when I'm out on a walk or in the car and I love it when I can just exist in a conversation without having to necessarily add. I think that's like a little bit of my introversion in me and hopefully this podcast maybe gives you the same kind of feeling so you can just sit back, relax and just let your mind breathe for a second. I feel like In this first bit of 2024, I've really noticed that there's a vibe of growth and things coming into fruition after 2023 and 2022 being kind of like the hard years, kind of like the hard yards where we really had to put in the effort towards our growth or we had to put in the effort towards our mental health or. We had to put in a lot of effort to get where we are now and maybe we're reaping some of the rewards for all that hard work and all of the struggle there. Um, But what I'm finding is that alongside the amazing things that are coming into my life, it's feeling really chaotic and there's a lot of things happening all at once and as much as that is a blessing, I feel a little bit burnt out (laughs) and a little bit maybe not uninspired I still feel very passionate about things that I'm doing in my life and I'm very excited about it but I'm also maybe a bit overwhelmed um I think it's a little bit of a limiting belief for me that so many good and amazing things are happening in my life and um in ways that I would never have expected to for them to be this good And it's kind of a bit confronting because I'm not used to things feeling so good and I'm not used to things feeling so safe. And I kind of feel a little bit on edge because for the longest time, I think I've had to like really grind through the day and be my own protector and make sure that I was doing the most to get myself through each day, whether that was for my mental health or whether that was just I was feeling lonely, I had to be my own best friend, I had to be my caretaker, my cheerleader, um, you know, all of those things, especially as well, a single girl in her 20s, right, living outside of home. I really had to be that person for myself, and so anything that kind of comes remotely to safety or normal person well, not normal person, what maybe a secure person would consider safe, um, I find um, abnormal, I guess. And it's feeling very easy to want to push that away and to release it. And I think because of that, I'm really relying on my routines and my basic habits that I had, um, that really like got me through, I guess, unsafe times (laughs) to kind of bring a bit more normalcy into my life. Um, which I know sounds so backwards because my like inner child and, Like, my heart is saying, just go with it. Like, this is a beautiful, fun time. And, you know, you're having people in your life who really care about you and things are working out even better than you ever could have expected it. Um, But I think these habits are actually keeping me really grounded and keeping me, um, like, feeling all right in myself and knowing that I still have my own back, even if, like, when other people are there as well. Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. and, And so... I was thinking about habits across this week and I was reflecting on the habits and the, specifically my morning routine and night routines. I'm going to go through those today because not only are there a lot of fun to listen to, but also I think it says a lot about what a person values in a day and how they wind down and how they prep themselves for a work day ahead or just the day ahead, wherever you're at. I tend to keep my morning routine pretty similar throughout weekdays and weekends um, mainly because I wake up pretty early and I want to be able to keep that body clock in sync. But as I was reflecting on routines and, you know, what the media and what people around us, people in books kind of say about routines, I felt really overwhelmed. And I feel like this is a common theme for me and probably for like people out there as well, there is so much noise in the media and in our society today that prompts us or like calls on us to perform in a particular way and whether that is um you know waking up the 5 a.m club like that's a classic example the 5 a.m club or like don't eat three hours before bed or um wake up do a meditation, do a journal, um, get some movement in and like have very hard and fast rules for things that at least from my perspective are my more flowy self-care habits. So like journaling or meditation or like going on a morning walk Um, and even to do with nighttime routines. Like I kind of think it's such a privilege to be even – Considering routines in and of itself. Like, I always think to myself when I'm having my slow nighttime routines oh, if I ever become a parent, I'm probably never gonna have this really nice, slow nighttime routine where there isn't a kid screaming or, um, you know, I can't go to bed knowing that my house is clean and all that kind of thing. And I think there is so much noise in the media and it can feel very overwhelming. And kind of it's hard to trust yourself to cherry-pick what will be the best outcome, especially because it, what might work for someone else might not work for us. And we can apply this to so many things, whether it is like career choices or types of relationships or, um yeah, dynamics between other people, um the ways and the food that we like, what someone else might like, another person might not. And, um, what works for someone else's mental health might not work for us. I found that quite recently with journaling. I set a goal for my 90 day plan. If you haven't seen over on TikTok, I showed my 90 day plan bingo card for January through to March, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a really great, um, thing to do, at least for me. I've had to adapt and change it because some of my goals have shifted as the year has progressed. But, um, my goal was to do 20 journals before March and I haven't opened my journal more than three times <laughs> and it's February 21st because I just have not felt drawn to it. And honestly, I think it's because there have been so much amazing good things happening in my life. And sometimes I feel like, oh, why journal about the good things? And it, my journal is my place that I turn to when things are kind of awful or my mental health is really bad and I tend to self-isolate when my mental health is bad. I don't reach out to friends. (laughs) The amount of times I've said to my friends who have called me this week and been like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't like drop in. I'm kind of in your area all the time. I'm sorry I don't drop in. I just always think that you're too busy to see me or you're too busy to take a phone call or something and they always say without a doubt, you know that's not true. (laughs) You know that's not true. I'm always open and willing to see you and call. Um, But that's just the story that I tell myself because I think that my struggles are a bit too much or I don't think that I'll enjoy the way someone perceives me after I share something really dark. And that keeps me really alone in my mental health journey <laughs> quite a lot. Um, and so I turn, turn to my journal a lot in those kinds of times. But I know that journaling is such a good thing to like write down what you're grateful for and the ma- amazing things in your life because yeah I want to look back on my journals you know after you have like a deep clean through your room and you go through your old journals and you're just suddenly sobbing like I want to look through my journals and like maybe have some good things in there <laughs> to balance it out because yeah I just tend to go there for the bad stuff but I know that it's really good to have the good stuff I don't know how I got on that tangent about journaling um if I've picked up your journal maybe let's join with me. We're going to pick it up once this week. It's going to be good. I know it's always beneficial. Oh yeah, we were talking about how some things work for other people and some things work don't work for other people. That didn't make any sense. We were talking about how some things work for some people and other things don't. And when I was looking at my morning routine, I realized that some of my habits and my morning routine habits are not actually deemed good by society at all. And I would even say that these are habits that people would try and fix as soon as possible if they were in like the health and fitness realm, which is really interesting because I would kind of put this podcast slash my content on social media under that kind of health um, being kind of, um, genre there. Genre? Is that even the word? I don't know. You can tell my brain is a bit scattered today. I'm really sorry for that, but I hope you're enjoying the ramble. Um, and that is kind of weird that, um, you know, there's some habits that actually are working for me and I really am enjoying my morning and night routines. Um, but, they're not really deemed as good in society's eyes, even though they're working for me. And before I was going to share this, my routines with you, I was like, oh, maybe I need to change it up and then trial it for a few weeks and then come back to the podcast and share habits that are actually good or deemed good by society, quote unquote good. Um, and I got really insecure about the habits that I do in my morning and night routine because I felt like they weren't going to um, like, please people enough or be perfect, which is a real shame because these habits are actually really working for me and making me feel really good. So I thought I'd share them with you because as I kind of had a bit of a ponder on this, I realised that sometimes there are habits in life that actually work for us and keep us afloat and support us throughout our lives that society might deem as not good or not optimal or not trendy enough but your existence does not need to be perfect and your existence does not need to be trendy neither does your body for that image neither does your goals or your situation as long as you are feeling comfortable and self-assured in your life and in your body and in your mind, whatever habits and whatever measures that help get you there, I think that's actually okay. I really do. So here's my morning routine so far. And I want to preface that I do not have many responsibilities apart from a cat (laughs) who is really low maintenance and I'm currently training for a triathlon in March, so my training is pretty heavy, and I have a lot of time to be able to train for that. So my morning routine, I set my alarm for four forty a.m. and I hit snooze immediately, and I plan that because I have another alarm that goes off at four fifty. That's my like actual wake up one, and in a previous life, (laughs) I would have thought that hitting snooze is the worst thing that you can do because you break your sleep cycle and you fall back to sleep and then you wake up feeling even like sleepier than you were before. But hitting snooze has been the best thing for me. I love that little extra 10 minutes that I get. Between kind of half waking up and full waking up, I love if I'm maybe a bit more awake at 4 40, I love having the presence and the consciousness to like lay in bed for an extra 10 minutes in the morning and it's still dark out at the moment and just like feel the fan and be really cozy in my bed. And I'm really enjoying that. So then we move on to the next part, which is coffee first thing in the morning. I always have water as well, but. Um, coffee first thing has been such a ritual for me I just make a little cup and, and it's a black coffee with a well no not a black coffee but it's close I just have a little dash of milk in there. And when I go out to cafes, I get like a flat white or something um, as a little treat because I love how they do the milk at the cafes, but I just can't get that effect at home. um, But I have a coffee on an empty stomach and the health and wellness girlies are probably screaming down my neck saying, oh my gosh, you're wrecking your hormones. This is the worst thing for you. Um, Women shouldn't do that. And you're raising your cortisol first thing in the morning or you're wrecking your cortisol levels and all of that. And you know what? Okay, that's fine. Maybe, maybe it is. But at the same time, the practice of going out to the kitchen first thing in the morning, stealing my PJs, making myself a little coffee, smelling it, and then taking it back to my room to read my book for like half an hour has been... Such a blessing in my life, and I love sitting down in the morning and you're not fully like awake yet, and then just like diving straight on into like a magical world. I'm currently reading A Court of Mist and Fury, and I'm almost done. And waking up in the morning and jumping straight into that world, I know that I'm going to treasure this forever because all of the people who have said that they finished Agatha are they say i'm so jealous that you get to read it for the first time <laughs> because these moments where i'm in the morning just in the little world of perithian i hope that's how you say it drinking my coffee and just hanging out with my favorite characters <sighs> like i just love that and no it's not a meditation and no it's not like a journal or a self-help book um but that really helps me slide into the day And it feels like it takes the pressure off the mornings because for a long time when I was working in the fitness industry, I'd wake up, I'd make a coffee and I'd go straight to work in a really high pressure, high energy environment. And it wore me down so much. And I've noticed how much happier. And actually, it's funny that I mentioned that I am feeling a bit low this week (laughs) because it's right before my period. But I remember back in the Days of working in the fitness industry, the week before my period was hell. Like, I would slip into the deepest, darkest depression. I would honestly have suicidal ideation. I would feel like life wasn't worth living. I would be in no physical pain. It was completely mental. And I feel like I couldn't get out of bed. I wasn't able to do anything apart from like go to work, come home, sleep, go to work, come home, sleep. And I felt just so awful in my body and in my mind. And it's so interesting how now that I'm out of that environment, out of that really high pressure, high energy environment, and I'm in a workplace that actually cares for their workers. I know, shocking, right? Um, how much even my cycle has changed. I feel like For a lot of my life, getting my period back after being through ED treatment, um, I didn't really know what my cycle was and I was just trying to figure it out. And it's been such a big journey to realize how much external factors influence your cycle and how like those external factors, how they influence your stress, how they influence your emotions and and then how that comes out in your cycle and your, I guess, effects Negative impacts of your cycle? Yeah, I wouldn't really call all of the mental turmoil a positive effect <laughs> at all. Sorry, I just took a sip of my second coffee of the day because why not have a little coffee while I'm recording the pod? I hope you're having a nice little beverage as well. Maybe have a glass of water if you haven't had one already. It's really good for your brain. <laughs> um, but the next thing I do after I read my book is probably around like 5.30. I start getting ready for whatever movement I have scheduled for that day. So whether that's a swim or a cycle or a run, um, getting it done in the mornings has been such a good thing for me. I'm usually up and pretty alert and ready to move um, in the mornings around that time anyways. And um, getting it done in the mornings has been so good. Seeing the sunrise and... I tend to have a little snack before then too, whether that's a crumpet with some butter, some peanut butter. I've been loving dates and peanut butter at the moment or like an LCM bar. I um, used to train a lot on an empty stomach first thing in the morning, especially strength train. I used to strength train a lot fasted in the morning and um, that just couldn't be me anymore. I mean, if it works for you, it works for you. I know some people don't like feeling heavy, but then I also think it just depends on what you're fueling yourself with. For me, a crumpet with a little bit of butter does not leave me feeling heavy at all. I had that this morning, went on a 19K run, felt pretty good, felt great, and just gave me a little bit of fuel for the run and for my efforts because I've had to transition from such a esthetics based training plan oh, not even it wasn't even a plan just a mindset towards a mindset around performance and really truly training like an athlete and putting my all into every session and making an intentional fuel just has been not a second question and i think that is such a big thing for me it's been such a massive shift in my life i feel like i have so much freedom now And I'm so glad that little Jess, um, you know, really fought for herself (laughs) during those really awful times because, um, yeah, if I didn't, A, I wouldn't be here, but B, I would still be in that cycle and still be so focused on aesthetic and controlling my food and controlling the ways in which, yeah, food controlled my life. Um, and yeah, just especially, um, like early last year, I was really struggling with, um, like binge eating disorder, disorder and bulimia. I kept it completely secret though, which was insane, but yeah, kept it secret because I was so ashamed. And, um, yeah it really affected my performance and it really affected my confidence as a coach and really affected my whole entire life and it feels so good now to have that not even be a question to know a little bit more about nutrition and how it impacts my training and my performance because that's where my priorities lie now especially leading up to this triathlon and guys, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm hooked. I think I'm in the triathlon realm now. I really do. It's it's been so much fun, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I'm learning so much about myself and how I train, and yeah, nutrition, and bikes. Guys, I have no idea about bikes, but I'm trying my hardest. Try. <laughs> I'm currently in the market for a new bike, and um, yeah, I that like Facebook Marketplace, love it to bits, but. I'm just searching triathlon bikes and they're giving me like specialized, um, this kind of, yeah, see, I can't even describe it because I have no clue. No, not a clue. You'd think that I'd be the person to ask, but you'd be wrong. Um, (laughs) You'd be wrong in thinking that. Um, And that kind of leads me into a side topic of this episode when we're talking about how's your heart with your good, bad habits. I found that Whenever I was going through that awful time with eating, whether it was anorexia, whether it was my exercise addiction, whether it was bulimia or binge eating disorder or any other mental health issue that was going on during those realms and still perpetuates in my life even now, I have this innate sense to people please and to just want to make sure that everyone has a good perception of me and that not even like a good perception of me, but like they know they don't have to worry about her. Like she's fine. She's just doing her thing. She's gone about her life. I don't need to worry about her. Having people worry about me makes me feel so uncomfortable and it makes me want to hide things that I'm going through because I don't want them to worry about me because I'm like, oh, they already have, you know, their whole life. They're, They're their own person doing their own things and I don't want them to worry about me. That's just another thing. But I've realized this, and you know what? I say this to so many people as well. Having people care about you and worry about you and think about you on a daily, weekly basis means that they care. And how beautiful is it to have people on this earth who care about you And who think about you and wonder how you're doing and, you know, pick up the phone and intentionally press call Jess on like a Tuesday morning. My cousin does it every single Tuesday and she gets the bear brunt of my weeks because I know that I can just share anything with her. And we have been best friends ever since we were like literal children, Um, but honestly, those phone calls save me. And she asked the right questions. And that's a big thing that I've realized over the past few weeks is that when I was growing up, I had a lot of people ask me how I was. And I had a lot of people who cared about me. I mean, my mom is a therapist-ish, social worker-ish, you know, <laughs> not ish, but like, she's really qualified and she's really good at being my therapist. <laughs> let's just say that she is a social worker she has a master's of social work she's so phenomenal but she's also my therapist not actually anyways I'm going on a tangent therapist and she is really good at asking the right questions but other people in my circles I remember there was one time in high school when I really wanted to do the Kokoda challenge it was just in the Gold Coast which is in Australia if you're listening from overseas Um, also hi if you're listening from overseas um, that is so freaking cool. Um, she, uh, I was really wanting to do this Kok- Kokoda Challenge. And at this point in time, I was training a lot um, outside of school. And I was involved in sport. And I was working like 16-hour weekends. And it's a really grueling job. <laughs> Love hospitality. And I was also studying my heart out because I was a really dedicated and studious kid. And so I was really burnt out and I had a whole lot of stuff going on in my family as well. And I went up to my PE teacher and I said, I can't do the Kakoda Challenge. Like I can't make trainings. I have work. Like I'm, I'm so sorry. And she was like, oh, that's okay. That's all right. And I was like, I just feel really overwhelmed. And she was like, it'll pass, babe. And look, it did pass. It did pass. But I think in that moment, asking the right questions about what was going on for me because no one at my school really knew what was going on with my family. And I kind of just put a a mask on at school to make sure that no one really worried about me. Um, And everyone thought I was fine and I kept my grades up so no one really, you know, had a second look. Um, It would have been really nice for those kinds of people to start asking the right questions Um, because I really could have used some support then and I just didn't know how to say it without the question being there and I think that's something that I really want to carry into not only just like my peers and the people I work with but also my close friends specifically and my family I think to know someone is to love someone and to know what questions to ask someone that might help them, you know, dig that little bit deeper or um, share something with you that maybe has been really heavy on their heart, obviously respecting boundaries as well, guys. (laughs) But I think that's one part of this whole journey of How's Your Heart that I tend to skip over. But How's Your Heart always comes back to that issue of asking the right questions and centering our conversations on connection and, um, love, (laughs) honestly love. Um, I think also it's so funny that I called this podcast, how's your heart? This is kind of a side note also, sorry. Um, how's your heart kind of also is like a play on words as well, because when I was going through, the worst of my ED. My heart was, I think it's called atrophy, where your muscles start eating themselves because they don't have enough fuel. And because your heart is a muscle, my heart was eating it. So eating itself. So my heart was really not doing well, obviously, as you can assume. And it's kind of funny because now that I have made it through recovery and i'm doing well my heart is actually a lot better um because it's no longer struggling with the lack of fuel and giving it the love and the care and the fuel and nutrition that it needs Mm -hmm. to be able to be good thank you computer (laughs) um and so it's kind of funny um that we led to this point (laughs) how's your heart can be a question for so many circumstances So I'm going to switch gears now and come back to the main topic of the episode because kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. hope you enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, like I said before, this episode is all about your good bad habits and a pressure to live in a perfect way and have the perfect routines that are trendy and uh, optimal for your health and your life. And I think I was having a conversation with my roommate the other day and we were talking about how because we're on social media, we exist in a world where social media is a thing and honestly we exist a lot within that world. Um, it can get really noisy with all of the do's and the don'ts and the information and then someone saying, Oh, that information's not right, trust this and having to have like a social media literacy about you to be able to determine, okay, which <laughs> side of the story am I gonna follow? and which seems most plausible, it can get really confusing. And I feel like it strays us away from our intuition and it strays us away from, yeah, what actually works for us and our lives at that point in time. I know that this routine, this morning routine will not sustain me throughout my whole life because things will change. And sometimes I'll go through a stage where I need more sleep. So waking up at 4.40 just simply isn't feasible and isn't like a good thing for my mind and my body but if i was to follow like the 5am club for my entire life like it's kind of like that all or nothing mindset i find with habits and what's deemed good in society it's either you're part of the 5am club and you do that for the rest of your life and if you have any breaks it's just like you've wrecked all of this progress um whereas i think life is a little bit more fluid than that and I'm trying to learn to give myself grace um, that sometimes our bodies and our minds can't show up in the same way every single day. A great example of this, I went on a run yesterday and I was having a pretty awful day. And it's so funny because I shared it on my stories at How's Your Heart and I had some of my good friends swipe up and be like, yep, I'm having an awful day too. I'm so glad you said something must have been something in the water that day, but I went on a run. It was meant to be a tempo run for 60 minutes and I made it to 6k. <laughs> it was about half an hour, 40 minutes in. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I just walked home. Um, I was just felt so awful. And the whole way home was honestly harder than the run itself because I had this talk in my head of being like, You need to perform at a particular level in order to do well in this triathlon. Like, you have to hit all of your training, your all, yeah, all of your sessions at your peak performance every single day leading up to this triathlon. Like, what are you doing walking? And it was a big battle. (laughs) I had to stop so many times. I sat on the ground and I stared up at the sky and I was just trying my hardest to give myself grace and um, my friend sent me a message. One of the girls, Lauren, you know Lauren. If you've listened to the podcast, you know Lauren. She was saying how she was listening to a podcast about how we pick out hard, right? It's hard to um be obese. It's hard to wake up in the morning and go on a run. It's hard to... um being a binge restrict cycle. It's hard to achieve food freedom. You know, it's all about choosing your hard. Which hard are you going to choose? Life is tends to be quite challenging on this path. And I guess which path are you going to choose? And my mind was saying, you know, you didn't choose hard today. You the hard choice would have been to continue pushing yourself through the run. And getting to the other side and you would feel good at the end of it you would have felt accomplished and then I took a second like 10 set steps and I was like no this actually this um like I guess did not finish (laughs) um of this of the session that I had to do was harder because giving myself grace has been an ongoing challenge for me lately and um dealing and like sitting with the voices in my head saying that I just wasn't good enough or I was never going to make it or I don't give everything my all, you know, all of those kind of things, it was really hard to sit with that and just let those thoughts pass by like clouds in the sky and not get affected with them um, and not let that ruin my entire night. Um, And so that was the hard that I chose. And I think especially when we are talking about routines and habits um, alongside or like in the context of a mental health perspective, um, if you're dealing with a mental illness or your mental health is just really poor at the moment, when we're starting to talk about habits and routines and what works for you and what doesn't and what society says yes to and what society says no to, it can feel really confusing and sometimes existing and doing the most that you can that day um, is the hard, is the hard part um, because distracting can be the easier option sometimes. Distracting with, you know, going on your phone or distracting with hanging out with people all the time, distracting with alcohol, um, distracting with movies, television, you know, the lot. Distracting with books, that's one thing I've kind of been doing, (laughs) especially late at night. But yeah, it's really easy to distract and um, sitting with your thoughts and sitting with the problems and stories that go along in your head and practicing the art of not letting that affect you or not claiming that. Not what is it my therapist says fusing not fusing with the thought practicing that that's hard that's rough and um sometimes just existing even though society would say like that's not productive enough or what are you doing you're so lazy and you need to get up you need to be doing something with your life you're wasting your life (sighs) sometimes that's just not the good option for us sometimes peeling back to a really simple life removing the huge to-do list removing the distractions and just being in the day-to-day um is really beneficial and um yeah I just want to encourage you today that If your mind is scattered, if your mind is telling you things that are really mean and really hurtful, I hope that you can find the strength to sit with them today and to practice not fusing with them because they are untrue. And if they do have truth to them, they're not the whole story. I know for a lot of my life, I have said to myself, like a a big story I have is, you wasted so much of your teenage life in an eating disorder, you're so weak. And, you know, part of that is true. I did spend a lot of my adolescence in a eating disorder that took away from fun memories and fun times. And so it's really easy to fuse with that one because there's partial truth, Um, but It's not the whole story. I used that eating disorder to get through life because dealing with my emotions and um, feeling out of control in other areas of my life was just, it was just too much and too scary for a little kid to go through. Um, So, yeah, I hope that was a good example and that you can give yourself a little bit of grace today. I'm rooting for you. I'm hoping that you're able to sleep well tonight. And stay hydrated, please. It's really good for your brain. I'm going to go on that again. It's really good for your brain. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, just come say hey. I always love to talk to people (laughs) via message, especially you guys, because I think you're really special and really cool. Um, And I love this little community. Um, I'm sorry that I haven't been as active on the podcast and on socials and stuff as you can probably tell from this episode, I've kind of just been existing a little bit and trying to do the bare minimum because I feel a little bit overwhelmed. But I'm mostly good. I'm mostly fine. I have really good things happening in my life, which is really good. Um, And yeah, that's all I really have to say. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time.